Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, and we have another good story for you today. Yes, we do. Now, you know, honestly, we're pre-recording, so it's <laughs> Monday, but it feels like Tuesday. Or is it, it does actually. <laughs> I mean, it's it's after lunch, so it's it's almost it's Tuesday. But well, in but my it, head. <laughs> but it is. But we're sharing this with you in the morning. Great story about uh, an organization in the upper Midwest covering yes. Minnesota and Wisconsin and uh, with a, a strong emphasis on life, particularly in our latter years. Joining us by phone, Michael Klatt, president and CEO of the Lutheran Home Association based out of Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Michael, thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Now, uh, Michael, you have been with the Lutheran Home Association for some time now. Is that right? Yep, 31 years. Just a little time. Wow. Yep. <laughs> how, have, uh, how has um, the Lutheran Home Association made a difference for aging adults? Share with us some of the stories from your 30-something years with Lutheran Home Association. You know, our motto is to be a place where the care of the soul is the soul of care. And so that Christian care um, is first and foremost in our mind. And, and there are a lot of wonderful stories that... Uh, emulate out of that and uh, so I, I have a personal and professional stories uh, often you know we have a number of programs that serve individuals with memory care and the growth of Alzheimer's is going to create a significant burden in the future of the country and at the same time I think oftentimes we see people with dementia as having less value and that uh, because of lost memories that they can't contribute or be a part of the family or friends and uh, so we often work with families to keep people engaged and we see in our ministry that volunteers who are helping uh, those that we serve with dementia can make a profound impact in their lives and so we have these wonderful stories where someone who has literally uh, the longest I've ever seen is five years where someone who hasn't uh, spoken words all of a sudden when a pastor has completed the Apostles Creed or the Lord's Prayer uh, most often recently in our chaplain just did this um, and all of a sudden that person who hadn't spoken in several years said thank you pastor mm-hmm. and so the Holy Spirit works these miracles and people do stay engaged and so familiar hymns and Bible verses are really important in the lives of the Lutheran Church and the Christian Church and so when we emphasize at a young age it is those words that are great comfort to people as they um, become older and for those with memory care it is that reassurance there that they are loved by people and that God is with them and so that's uh, when we're serving people with memory care we want to have, emphasize the values and that they can still be a part of lives and that we can learn great things from people who have dementia. And it's a tremendous witness oftentimes to see family members, husbands and wives who come in every day for several years or many years and assist their spouse in feeding they're uh, feeding them for lunch, if you will, and eating lunch or being a part of an activity with them. And so making it as much normalcy as part of our work as well. Um, one of the stories that I'd also, from a religious standpoint, that always stood out for me was a gentleman that we served that had a significant 
I would even sometimes even violent tendencies. He would often throw things in the room and respond to a chaplain visiting with a um, pretty significant amount of contempt and frustration and anger. And and even though our staff always served him with great distinction and care, um, it was clear that he didn't really want that religion's aspect of our work in his life until the last couple of weeks. And then one night he asked the caregiver who came into his room if he could see that chaplain. And that caregiver was rather surprised, but he called the chaplain about 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and said, this resident is asking for you. And a chaplain came over immediately and sat down with this resident. And and he uttered these words, I have been so bad in my life that I could never believe that God could forgive me for my sins. And that chaplain assured him that God loves him, that Jesus died on the cross for him. And there was nothing so bad in his life that that suffering and death and resurrection didn't cover. And so in the end, that man who we didn't give up on and others may have wanted to give up on, I suppose, at times just because he was a very harsh individual, in the end, that love that God provided through this ministry allowed to break through that crusty exterior and into the heart and soul of that man. And it's a wonderful message to see that as well. Um, on a personal side, I, you know, experienced care myself. I was um, nearly killed in a vehicle accident um, in 2014. I was visiting a donor um, for this ministry and happened to be involved in a, a vehicle accident uh, where a vehicle didn't stop and uh, ended up um, spending several weeks in the Hennepin County Medical Center in Minneapolis and nine weeks in my own nursing home. And um, when you're the president of your own organization and all of a sudden one day um, leading it and the next day you're on your backside um, receiving care from the very caregivers that you've been entrusted to lead. It is extraordinarily humbling. And um, I have many profound conversations from those nine weeks, um, lessons about end of life from a resident next door and how that impacted watching caregivers and the family that involved but also listening to my own team members many times talking about the challenges that they have in their life and the 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 real wonderful joy they have in serving people who are in the aging process or the dying process, if you will, and the, the impact that that's made in their lives. And I think sometimes we don't uh, really understand the impact that active seniors and seniors who are still living life and the contributions that they're making and the education they're giving to future generations. And so in that caregiving experience and um, having to receive care and you a uh, very vulnerable position, um, I learned a lot about humility and grace. And I learned a lot of stories about caregivers that I never knew existed. And that made me appreciate uh, providing care that much more meaningful in my own life and the work of this aspect of Christian ministry. Absolutely. That, those are incredible stories. <laughs> that's better than a, well, an episode of Undercover Boss. Right? I mean, yeah. That's... yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, that's exactly what some of my staff thought. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, 
some of the other caregivers had to do a little education, so it was a little fun. <laughs> this is not a joke. Uh, how does the care that, that your staff is able to provide, uh, how does it focus on life and, and living even when, when we're nearing the end of our lives? You know, I think it's important that we personalize it as much as possible and that um, you start by getting to know people. You know, some folks arrive in, you know, a very independent living in a senior community um, and they're, you know, they have a vibrant activity schedule or they might have a loved one who is also on the same campus or community who maybe is in memory care or has more physical challenges. And so it's really personalizing it and finding the right types of programs and activities and, um, you know, fun experiences that you can bring into people's lives so that they can really feel vibrant and, and still have opportunities to contribute. And I think we're seeing more and more of that, that, you know, none of us want to, you know, sit in a rocking chair. You know, the idea of retirement one day kind of segues another day to, well, how am I going to keep myself busy? And I think sometimes when we think about moving to senior living settings, we often think, well, we're taking that final step, if you will. And I think many people often find now that they're more engaged and have uh, more opportunities to continue serving in the church, to also make new friends and to build new relationships. I think that's a, a wonderful attribute of what senior living is today. How have you seen that true sense of community develop among the the, the members of the, the that community? You know, I think each community um, has its own unique attributes uh, to it, and then you have groups of people who eventually move into a setting, and then um, there's always natural leaders that want to be more involved in certain aspects. But I think ultimately the the words I like to use as a community of purpose, that people still want to give back and make a difference in the world that God's given them to do that. And sometimes that's with their grandchildren. Sometimes that's mentoring um, children in the community. We have a program that aligns uh, young grade school uh, students who utilize the reading skills with seniors. And those seniors are providing them the opportunity to have someone older in their lives that maybe the grandpa and grandma aren't close by or maybe they don't have an older adult. But we've also seen those opportunities where that individual also um, ends up passing away. And for oftentimes, that is for a young child, their first experience with death. And that individual is also teaching them about that dying process as well and their confidence in Jesus. Um, Many of these communities have, and if it's a dementia-friendly community, which we launched in Wisconsin, there's a focus on vibrancy for memory care uh, residents and their family members. Um, another community might be embracing more technology and they want to use it'll utilize the latest and greatest of technology emphasis. And I think we'll see more and more of that. And so each community has somewhat of un- unique aspects to it. And I think that's what makes it special about each one. With just about, our time has gone so quickly, <laughs> with just about a minute, share with us about King's Path and uh, becoming a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Yeah, 
I work with King's Path in terms of its RSO, it's based in Milwaukee, and it's set up to partner with congregations in the develop, um, development of senior housing and other services uh, in their communities. So it is a wonderful new startup RSO, and it's important for the church to look at this as the grain of America. We will have more and more Americans um, serving and needing service in the next decade than ever before and having an RSO like this to really grow um, congregational-based senior housing is a good opportunity. Um, the Lutheran Home Association, based in Minnesota, is a Wells organization that partners with King's Path and is assisting it. And so this is a, a great opportunity to really advance uh, senior ministry in confessional Lutheranism. And so uh, it's a wonderful privilege to be a, a part of seeing that evolve and helping the Missouri Synod to see that RSO take off. Our guest today, Michael Klatt, President and CEO of the Lutheran Home Association based in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you for having me. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. That does it for the Coffee Hour. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.